This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories, histories, and details you never knew, wanted to know, or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Star Wars in Character slash Best of Fives. B-O-F. Best of Cinco. I was like, I couldn't even say Best of I was like, as I was like, B-O, I'm like, do I do do B-O-5 or (laughs) B-O-F? As I'm midway through saying that. B-O-F. B-O-F. Like, I I sounded like I was about to stroke out. Best of Fives. Well, when, when I when I text Chris about doing this, I type B O and the number five, B O five. Yeah. yeah but uh, when that. I when I say B O five, it sounds weird. Everything you do is weird. Sounds. Well, we are we are. Uh, that's Tim speaking about B O five, B O Fs, whatever he was saying. <laughs> and we're also joined with by Chad. Hi, I'm Matt. What's Chad. up, Maxie? <laughs> Chad's been on in the past, and he's he's been nagging to do something again. Just so we have yeah. on, just shut him up. Please let me on your shows, gentlemen. <laughs> the, the, well, to be honest, you guys have owed me this for I don't know four years. Oh my god! No, no, no. We owe we owe no one anything. <laughs> Tim, get him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you keep asking us to do a Count Dooku episode, and we refuse to do it out of spite. <laughs> Well, this is as close as we're going to get. This is about as close as you're going to get. This is as close as you get to the Dooku. Well, yeah, we're doing, if there is any, uh, top five scenes, moments, buttons, <laughs> zippers, noses from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, basically, um, there's been a lot of... And, and if, you, if you've listened to some of our previous Swick Best of Fives, the idea of this is... There's been a lot of negativity in the Star Wars fandom over the past. I mean, it's it's always going to be there. Let's let's face it. But it, it's always been there. But it seems like it's been really rampant this year with the Last Jedi and Solo coming out and people being polarized on those. So I we we're doing this because we want to remind people that we do like Star Wars. We do love Star Wars. So. We're going through all of the Star Wars movies and picking our top five aspects of the Star Wars movies, whether it's a scene, a character, you know, a button on a console, someone's zipper, <laughs> you know, a boot, just the, the top five things that we like in each of the Star Wars movies. And tonight we present Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Which... Which, for uh, for some people, a lot of people consider this to be the worst Star Wars movie ever made. But I di- I disagree. What's, your, I am, what's yours, Chad? Your worst one? Oh, there is no worst one. I mean, everyone <laughs> has its own place. Ah, I like what you did there. This I like, I like all the Star Wars movies. But which one do you like the least? The one that you're in. <laughs> I think that's a Star Wars porn. Star Wars. Sorry. This this is the one that I like the least. I do still enjoy it, and I do, from time to time, 
do watch this movie. I do sometimes pop it, pop it on and, and watch it. It's been a long time since I've watched it. I'm, I'm yeah, going to be yeah. honest. I totally agree. I haven't seen this movie but in a long time either. I do, I do still enjoy the movie because there are, as I said, there are things in the movie that I think are fantastic. There are, there are things that I think are not fantastic, but I do enjoy it. It's, it's all Star Wars. So this is... I, and, and I've and I've I've said this in the past. I don't. I'm not going to rank the Star Wars movies. You know, every time a movie comes out, rank them because it 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 would change on a day to day basis for me. But this one, I I do have to put at the bottom of uh, at the bottom of the list. Uh, if I was to rank them, uh, this is my least favorite of the of the number. However many are out now. All right. Well, we have Chad's our guest. I want Chad. You go first. What's your top be five? Be our guest. Be our, our guest. Best of fives. Da, da, da. I'd have to say my number five moment would be when Anakin and Obi Wan are starting off and they're going up the elevator to go see Padme. I really, uh, I really like that that interaction between the two of them because it was almost like a big brother, little brother type of scenario. Yeah. And uh, that really gives you a peek into, you know, their their history together and the training that they've done. And, and uh, I just thought that that was uh, a real good moment when they're going up the elevator and Anakin's really nervous and Obi-Wan can tell. Um, but he's trying to caution him at the same time. But in, in, a, in, a, in another way, he kind of understands what he's going through. Yeah, uh, that so, is a neat scene. I... I that is that that that's one of those things that came to mind when I was thinking of of the things I like this movie and I and, and I do I, I I I remember I remember watching watching this in the theater when it first came out and I remember just thinking it's it's such a strange that was such a strange opening to to that movie where that that was I forget exactly how uh, Attack of the Clones opens but that was such a strange opening with just them arriving and riding in an elevator and having a, that weird conversation. Well, it opens with the assassination attempt. That's is, right. That's right. That's even worse. You know, you yeah. start off. You start off the movie with a bang, literally, and uh, you know, and and then you go from the scene where you know Padme is almost uh, murdered and assassinated, and next thing you know, you got nervous teenager, you know, with his uh, his balls dropping in his pants, yeah. going up <laughs> the elevator, and then you know, and Obi Wan's there with his cute little beard. And his and his nice little uh, accent going, be careful. <laughs> yeah. Remember your training. <laughs> oh yes, the gun dogs. <laughs> All right, Tim. What's what's your five? Number five. My number five was Django Fett. The introduction of Django Fett. Ooh yes. Um, you can you can say you can say what you want about about the movie, but but you can say what you want about the prequels. But I don't think you can complain about Django Fett. I think Django Fett is really one of the brights, the brightest spots in terms of characters, especially for the entire prequel. Um, I think I think he's someone that we got just enough that we got just enough on screen that we that it 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 pretty much satisfied what we wanted from a Mandalorian. It gave us it gave us what we wish we had with Boba Fett, but not giving us over too much um i think uh, so that i yeah as i said it was like the perfect mix of uh giving giving enough information and limiting his screen time to a point where it, it wasn't oversaturation and like pandering like look mandalorian look at him dance agreed agreed yeah 
he's he's he was um he's I'm, I'm I'm actually looking at my poster right here that's signed and he's besides Anakin and Padme, he's right there right in the middle like like huge like like this is this is a cool introduction to a cool character. Yeah, yeah he was a really cool character. I agree with Tim. I I really enjoyed uh, a lot of the scenes that he was in. The actor um, was was spot on. I mean, I, I thought that the scenes that, especially the ones when he was talking to Obi Wan, I thought when they were keep they kept trying to one up each other, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, and um, I know that there are a lot of people that that bitch about um, you know the changes in when the DVDs came out and they put Tamora Morrison's voice oh, yeah. for Boba Fett. That didn't bother me. It it made it made sense if you're right. going to change something. That made sense. That, that that was such a minor change. Even though when I hear it, I I, I do still hear the original Boba Fett, and, and it it does kind of strike me. I'm like, oh, that's that, that takes me out where I say oh, that's not the original. But I I understand the change, and it and I'm fine with it. Uh, even though I do, I'm one of those people that still remembers the original. All right. Well. Don't laugh at me. My number, f- you guys, number fives are are, are really cool. Uh, your your yours, both of yours are really like dead on and 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 perfect and really masculine. My number five is kind of feminine. All right, because I love love stories. I love Lois and Clark. I love Maddie and Dave. I love I love romance. <laughs> he loves love. You love, love Chris and Tim. I love love. I, I love Chris and Tim. I I am I just love I love the kind of stuff and there's a scene which people a lot of people hate this scene hate this scene laugh at this scene but it's when <laughs> don't laugh at me all right guys is this what she's talking about Paolo no <laughs> it's when they're both handcuffed about to get taken out oh and she just how Padme uh, Natalie Portman turns to him and sa- and says truly deeply love you. <laughs> How she says it, I get choked up a little bit. How she says it sounds like very forced. <laughs> what it, do you mean? Yeah. It doesn't sound natural, but yeah. I mean, Natalie Portman's hot, so she could have told me anything. She could have gave me a, a recipe for rice pudding, and I would have believed her yeah. <laughs> at that moment. The rice, the milk, the sugar, and the vanilla extract into the, the bowl. The raisins and the cinnamon. So you, you, you love me? I love that scene. It's she's they're they should just about to die and it's so romantic and, and, and they love one another and it's just now, let me ask you this. Do you love when she hops on when he saves her and she hops on the back of the and that weird kiss? Yep. Yeah. And, and 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 they have to put that it's super loud sound effect of Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like nineteen twenties Hollywood, right? I don't yeah. love that scene, but it, it, this scene's better for me is when she turns to him and says this romantic line. What would you say? Let's say, Chris. Let's say you and Kel are going to be brought out to a <laughs> uh, to be killed. Yes. Uh, in a, in, a, in an arena in front of a thousand aliens. What What would you say to Kel? One more blowjob, please. <laughs> yeah. You're like that's you what know, I would say. You just look. I'm out. Just jack me off as we go out there. <laughs> will you Will you suck it real fast right now? Will you suck not, it truly we're and not deeply? Not going down unless I'm standing up. Yeah. Not going down till the sun comes up. Whoop. That's off the bat. So, I would ask for oral, Tim. <laughs> what if she says no? You look over at Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> that's that's her to him. <laughs> hey, hey, Ewan. <laughs> but that's my number five. Truly, deeply love you. I, I think that's a really sweet moment. 
that's really lame. That's a really lame. Yeah, that's really stupid. You're dumb. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd expect you to say something like that, though. Well, what's what's yours then? Yeah, which number four now, Chad? Do you number four? Number four. It kind of ties into what you were talking about. This is when they're at the on the lake, and uh, she's wearing that beautiful uh, rainbow dress with the back out. Yeah, and, is, uh, is this when she talks about Paolo? Yeah, no. This is when she <laughs> when they're just talking about sand and how it gets everywhere, and you can tell that like you know Anakin's trying to mac out on her, and and they kiss, and then she says no, and then he's like, "What the hell just happened?" He has it. He does. He has that. He has that look. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people give Hayden Christensen shit for his acting ability, but he has some moments in there that are genuine, that genuinely make you feel like, yeah, that's how a sixteen, seventeen year old kid would act. Yeah. Oh, if, absolutely. So there, there's, I, I, there's plenty. Of, there was yeah. plenty of times when I was when I was his age. And that would happen, and I would feel I would have the exact same look. Like, what the hell just happened yeah. here? Yep. You know what I mean? You go from kissing me and put your tongue in my face, and the next thing you know, you're like, no, we shouldn't. It's like I, I think every guy around the world, every man around the world, at one point had that look on their face at one yeah. point of their lives. You kind of when they were a teenager, they're just going like, what the? Yeah, you're <laughs> kind of like. Uh, and you squint, and you're just looking off in the distance, trying to, trying to, <laughs> trying, to, trying figure to figure out how the fuck do I recover from this? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's I can, I that's that's a that's a very relatable scene. That's and also stupid. What that's, that's, a, that's a stupid scene you picked. Also, no, when she talks about Paula, because you didn't come up with it. But uh, <laughs> I, I also liked the uh, the area where they um, where they did the filming for that, which is on Lake Garda, um, outside of Milan in Italy. And uh, it's just a beautiful, very picturesque area. And, you know, the mood is real romantic. And you can tell, you know, Anakin's trying to get his Mac on. And uh, she, you know, she she falls for him, but then she shuts him down. And, I mean, that's like a that's like a 100% blue balls moment right there. Well, and then and then she purposely puts on that black dress Mm. to tell him it's never going to happen. This. And then she like, "Uh, yeah, next thing you know, she's like a Matrix outfit. Yeah. All I see now is Tim Tim wearing that black outfit right now, the black dress. (laughs) This is never going to happen for you. (laughs) Then she she picks up the phone, starts calling Paolo. Nothing nothing says you can't have me like being in front of a fire in a black leather skin tight dress after you wore a big flowy rainbow backless gown. I mean, the costumes for that for that movie were awesome. Mm-hmm. And the costumes for any Star Wars movie, just like the music, are like second to none. I mean, I don't think there's a movie franchise out there that does the music or the costumes better. And uh, I, I, you know, just that that whole scene with the 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 um the scenery and and the costumes and the the dialogue was a little shitty, you know. To be fair, yeah. but like you said, Tim, the uh, Hayden Hayden the look on Hayden's face is exactly what is the exact same look that any male. From the beginning of time till the <laughs> end of time, will have on their face. I think yeah, Adam you, had that look oh. on his face from Adam and Eve way back when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 just that look of confusion. Like uh, I thought we were going one way, and now, yeah, yeah, and, and you're you're trying to recover and try to be cool and nonchalant, but you can't. It's just like, right. Oh. So and, I mean, and Natalie Portman is hot. Yeah, I mean, she's hotter than. Alderaan after the laser. 
She uh, in that movie, she uh, of of the three, I think she yeah that that's the one where she is like the the hottest of the three. She, movies. she is a, she is the freshest in that movie. It's kind of, it's kind of like it's kind of like um, Carrie Fisher in Empire Strikes Back. She is the hottest of all three of those movies. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's something about her where she's just like like when, like that like that sh- like that picture of. Chewbacca grabbing her breast and she's making that face like, oh, yeah. To me, that is a sexy ass picture. She so looks because you're big and hairy. So, well, she she just looks so fucking adorable in that picture, and I do want to. I would have wanted to grab her breast if I was Chewbacca. Um, you know, hashtag me too. You know, but this was 1980. <laughs> we didn't. We we had back then. We called it pound signs. You know, yeah, you yeah. pound. Man. So is that your number four, Chewbacca grabbing Leia? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's that's not in uh, Attack of the Clones. My, uh, my my number four, and this was actually in one of the trailers. I think it opened one of the trailers, and I thought I, I thought it was such an effective way of introducing this movie and the and the ideas and the themes that they were going to show in the movie. Although it didn't quite work out the the way that we wanted to, but. When in in the in the trailer where, and, and and it also worked in the movie where Obi Wan is sending his hollow message to the Jedi Council, and he gets attacked by the uh, by the droid, and it and it walks into the screen. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But in yeah, the trailer, sends it, he sends it to the old folks home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the trailer, that that scene was so effective, um, which which means you can you can do anything with the trailer. But in the movie, I thought it was very cool too. But I really, I really loved it in the in the in the trailer. I remember when I saw that, just like, just like we thought when we saw the, the first trailer for Phantom Menace, we're like, "This movie's gonna be the fucking greatest movie of all fucking time." <laughs> and uh, but I just I thought I thought that was really great. You know, that was a really good use of CGI, uh, and I just loved. It. I thought I thought I thought it, it in the trailer it set the tone. Unfortunately, we didn't get as much of that tone, but we got a little bit of that tone. Some of that tone. You're going to get a dial tone pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, my well, my number four kind of goes with what Tim's number five. It, it, it involves Django, but I'm combining two like big-ass scenes. The fight between him and Obi-Wan on Kamino fucking rocked. Everything about it, all Django's... Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All Django's tricks and and whatever he was doing, gadgets, <clears throat> gadgets and and the robes and and dragging them and and they're fighting Beaters. and then the fucking space battle, flying through the asteroid field and the fucking cum shot is that fucking sonic <laughs> blast. Oh yeah, yeah, and the asteroid belt. Yes, the, the first time you see that in a the theater, where mm-hmm. the, oh, all the sound goes off and then bong and the whole fucking theater shakes. Bong. Yeah, but. This is Rom the Space Knight. Yeah. The oh, whole Jang- Django and Obi fighting in that space battle was really like, it's almost like, like Empire-ish. Like, it's like one of the, like the whole Falcon and, and the Asteroid field. It's so, it's so good. And, and, and it's so, the CGI and the effects are amazing. And, and then the, the cap it all, the bong, that fucking sonic blast is just fucking fantastic. And you're right, Chris. And the the one thing I like about that that you know the one on one fight is because that's really the first time you see a force user square off against a non force user, and and the non and you know Django shows that if you have skill and you're crafty, you can 
I mean, you can hold your own. Who needs the force? I, I yeah, yeah, you're right. You're growing up, you feel like there's no way anyone can take on a Jedi. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, it's it's like it, the only way you could beat a Jedi is if you're Sith or something. But that was like really the first time you see someone go toe to toe with a Jedi yeah. that's not force sensitive. And uh, I I always enjoyed that part. Is, isn't that the scene where Boba Fett uh, says, "Get him, Dad." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then and then Boba starts uh, like lighting up from Slave One, starts shooting them too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that's a that's a really cool one. One of the cool scenes in, in Attack of the Clones is, is the whole Django and Obi Wan battle. Great chilies. Ooh. All right, we're to Chad's number three. Number three. All right, and this is going to surprise a, a lot of people who know me. And since most of your listeners don't give a, a damn about who I am, they, they probably won't care. But uh, my number three is Obi-Wan Kenobi, the character of. And I, I just thought that, you know, in the in the original trilogy, I mean, he all he is is a liar and a, and, <laughs> and a son of a bitch from from episode three on. You can't trust the word he says He's he's a clown, you know. Uh, but in episode two, I always thought that that was he the Obi-Wan character was the epitome of what a Jedi Knight was. I mean, he was so brave. Uh, he was a shit talker too. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he walks into the Camino cloning room, they're like, "You must be here to see the clones." He's like, "That's why I'm here." <laughs> and that shit just like to- I mean, even just thinking about it now just makes me laugh. But I always thought that um, you know he's Obi, the character of Obi Wan in Attack of the Clones is like somewhere between like your older brother and then like your best friend that you get into all your bar fights with. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and he's the guy you can talk to about the chick that you want to like get with, uh, and he's also the guy who's going to like grab you by your neck when you're doing things that you shouldn't. So I I, I thought that you and McGregor, uh, you know, he's a great actor, no doubt about it, and that's not to take away from his performances in episode one or three, but as far as like the character of Obi Wan at its zenith, I always thought that episode two was was the was the was the highlight for me with his character. He has the best hair in episode two. Oh yeah, he's got like the whole thing going. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That is a damn good choice, and I'll tell you later why I just said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim, you're you're three. My number three is the uh, the love theme from the movie Across the Stars. I love that's that. stupid. Love stupid. I can't believe you said that. I love that piece uh, of music that John Williams put together. He he knocked one out of the park. I didn't. I, I I'm not really sure which one I like better, that or Duel of the Fates. Probably Duel of the Fates. If I really if I really had to sit down and put the pros and cons, but it's up there with Duel of the Fates. It it really is like a very epic theme song for the movie, and I I I just think it's it's do they it's perfect? Do, do they play that theme when she says, "I truly, deeply love you." Probably. I think I think they I think they play like a like the the Itzhak Perlman version of me 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 I'm doing like I'm doing like uh uh Jimmy Durante Mammy All you need is a kazoo and I'll take my clothes off. Yeah. Swanee across the stars. Tim, that's pretty good coming from you. That that's like a romantic moment. I, I think I think uh, yeah I think I think that piece of music 
is is really one of the again one of the greatest things of the entire Star Wars thing. And the Star Wars movies all have all have good themes. I mean, each each of the movies that that uh, John Williams has done, they all have their standout themes. I think the Rays theme is the standout theme, and and um, uh, 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 what is it, The Force Awakens? I don't I don't recall any of the themes from um, the last one, The Last Jedi. Uh, but I have the soundtrack. I haven't listened to it in a while. But uh, but yeah, across the stars, it's, it's just such a good scene. And you know, and then when we get to episode three, uh, Battle of the Heroes is also really good. But they all work together. Like you could play those three, those three pieces back to back to back, and they would all fit in and work nicely together. That's a good one, Tim. I, I like that one. I, I think you're shit, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um. My number three is I think I wanted to see more of, but when it happens, you slowly, slowly see Anakin turn to the dark side when he goes to the fucking Tuscan town. (laughs) Tuscan town. Excuse me. Could you tell me the way to Halloween town? No. How about Tuscan town? Over there. When he finds Shmi, she's on her last breath and she passes away in his arms and he just, and the music kicks in and he looks at the camera, and then he goes outside, and he's fucking cutting off Tuscan Raiders' heads. I wanted to see, like, ten minutes of that. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. I wanted to see, the, like... The only problem I had with that scene is that he, he killed women and children. If he was just playing Reggie Jackson against a couple of those uh, male Tuscan Raider heads, then I'd have been okay with that. But I never understood why, after he does all that, and he goes and tells Padme, she still wants to hook up with him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Th- th- this is true. But, you know, but those kids though, are going to grow up to be adult Tuscans. Yeah. Yeah, but right then and there, they're innocent. <laughs> we don't know uh, that. Oh. Between, the, between the two, um, I, I mean, I, I've, I always defended his, him in that, defended his acting in that scene. But, my God, Shmi is terrible in that fucking scene. She really is. She is. She, that's the worst on-screen death since, like, I don't know if anybody ever died in Keystone Cops, but I'm sure it's worse than anybody dying in <laughs> Keystone Cops. Uh, yeah, she's terrible in that. But he's. I think. I think he holds his own, and you could. And you can tell. You can tell that Shmi is pregnant in that. She is. She's about to burst with a baby. Yeah, in 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 that scene, she's just Pernell August is just so terrible in that scene. She uh, she like dies like a like a Bugs Bunny cartoon when they go yeah, and her tongue rolls out. Yeah, just put some X's on her eyes. I yeah, think. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 like straight out of straight out of uh, like Roger Rabbit. Like like there should have yeah. been like a cartoon version of her uh, with an angel wing just tweeting above her. That's how bad it was. She is so terrible in that. But I think he's I think he does a a fine job, like when he like pauses and gets choked up and yeah. like, and like has to breathe in and he can't, he does can't find the words. I think I think that's I think that's a, a very well acted scene for uh, for for Hayden. I like when the music starts picking up and then he starts getting crazy. Yeah, and yeah. in his eyes and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking kill some motherfuckers right now. Yeah, what they what they should have done is they should have played Prince's Let's Go Crazy. Yeah, was, it's like. Uh, like like that, that, that whole build up with the the the, the everything the other keyboards. That someone someone should, like his name was Mark McGuire. <laughs> someone should re-edit that with "Let's Go Crazy." I would, 
I would be down with that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Hernandez. I'll tell you what, the, the internet will not let you down on that. Yeah. So that that's my three. Tuscan Town. So we're Chad, we're to your to number two now, right? Number two. Number two is not a person, it's not a scene, oh. but it is Count Dooku's curved for her pleasure lightsaber handle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I'll I'll get to I'll get to Count Dooku more with my number one pick, which you guys knew that was coming anyway. Yeah. But I always thought that his you know, every Star Wars movie has its own little iconic lightsaber handle, whether it's Darth Maul's uh, double-bladed one in Episode One, which everyone when when you saw him ignite that second part, everyone was like, "Oh shit!" You know, even the cross guard when Episode Seven trailer came out when Kylo yeah. Ren had that. Yeah. But I always thought that that uh, Count Dooku's curved lightsaber handle was just so cool. Uh, I just I I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it gives it gives pleasure at every angle. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a very elegant weapon. It really is for for a guy. You know, he's 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 a man of wealth and taste, as the Rolling Stones would say. Um, yeah, he 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 doesn't seem like a guy that would have just a standard weapon. He would well, have something custom, something that something that's that's more to his touch. Which well, is what what's the one. advantage of having a curved handle, like? Uh, I think it was for uh, uh, for because his style. I think it was form two. Uh, I know there's someone out there screaming right now, going, "No, motherfucker, it wasn't form two. But I think it was form two, and form two is almost like a fencing form. Yeah, and uh, you could get at different angles, and and it would give you leverage. Like when he's fighting Obi Wan, and they're in the saber lock, and you're thinking, "Okay, this is going to go the normal way." When you're a saber lock, just two dudes just pushing against each other. And then he skips off of the saber lock and then like jabs Obi Wan in the arm and the leg. You know, it just it just gave him some leverage and advantage. I, I thought it was awesome. His swordsmanship is like off the fucking charts. Yeah. Off the charts. I off mean he, charts. he he takes out Obi Wan in his prime, Anakin, you know, when he's kind of pushing it a little bit, you know? Yeah. His balls are dropping a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes then he goes to a, a stalemate with Yoda, who, I mean, everyone knows that Yoda's a man. And he takes him to a stalemate. You know what I mean? So right then and there, that shows you that this dude, he, he ain't messing around with his lightsaber. Yeah, all right, that's, that's a good one. You're damn right it is. You're damn right I did. Um, I remember, I remember um, speaking of the, the fight scene between, uh, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin and all that uh, with Kantuku. I remember it was like a week, week and a half, two weeks before uh, episode two came out. Chris and I are going to uh, Wizard World Philadelphia. And Chris buys a pack of, you either bought a pack or were given a pack of Topps trading cards. And we opened the Topps trading card up. And I'm like, I'm not gonna look at him. I'm not. I don't want him to do spot. And I was like, okay, I look at one card. I pick up the one card, and it's <laughs> Anakin getting his arm cut off. I'm like motherfuckers! Oh that was awesome. yeah, that was awesome. He like he like parries the top attack, and then spins to the inside. And next thing you know, the dude's got yeah. no elbow. Boink. But I I remember that damn card. I'm like motherfuckers. <laughs> and but it, when when it happened in the movie, it happened so quickly. It was like it wasn't like. He wasn't like, I'm going to cut off your arm. I am slicing your arm off. Watch as your arm falls on the ground. Look at you in pain and without an arm. It wasn't like that at all. It was just like cut. Oh, 
done. Yeah, it was so fluid. I mean, that dude. Yeah. I mean, was a he was he was a pro. That guy was a pro. Everyone yeah. else is pretending, <laughs> and he's out there owning shit. It's like Michael oh, Jordan against like fifth graders on the basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> save save your your Count Dooku, you know, ejaculation later on. All right. Yeah. Put it all in. Are we on number two? Uh, yeah, Tim, you're you're number two now. My Tim, number two, two and two for Tim. My number two uh, is not a an action sequence, but it does involve Count Dooku. Um, yeah, I really <laughs> like the scene where Count du- where Obi Wan has been captured and and he's he's in the he's in the the the, the binds the laser binds or whatever you want to call them, uh, and Count Dooku is there talking with him. And he basically lays out the entire fucking plan. He's telling, he's literally telling Obi Wan. He's a, he's a James Bond villain right now. Yeah, yeah. But he, but he's he, yeah, he's 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 doing the James Bond. Do you expect him to die? Expect him to talk? No, I expect him to die. He he's he's literally telling him everything. It's like, what would I do? You know, if there was a Sith in the Senate and blah blah. I'm just leading all this and all. He's telling him everything. But at the same time. You know what, Tim? I, yeah. I hate you because you stole my number one. But I also <laughs> love you because now I can talk about more Dooku without hitting that scene. But one of the reasons why I love Attack of the Clones so much is because that's the pivot point for the entire saga. Now, we know that the other movies were already done and this and that. But if you suspend your disbelief, if Obi-Wan joins Dooku, I mean, it's over. If Obi-Wan believes what Dooku's saying, the whole thing's over. I mean, imagine... Dooku, Obi Wan, and Anakin going after Palpatine. Forget, yeah. forget it. And all and, he had to do was, and all he had to do was just listen to what he was saying. Like it's <laughs> when you when you watch that. Although they didn't really explore this in the Clone Wars so much. In the Clone Wars, Count Dooku was pretty much the bad guy. But in this one, in in this movie especially, you can see he's conflicted. You can, it sort of seems like he like he joined the enemy to destroy the enemy. Like he he does he does seem genuinely conflicted about becoming an apprentice to a Sith Lord. Uh, like it it seems like he he wanted to destroy the Sith from inside by getting close. You know you keep you keep you know your friends closer, but your enemies closer. And that's what it sort of seemed like at first. That right. that that's that that was his plan, and he wanted Obi Wan to come over help him to destroy Palpatine. And then in, in Dooku's mind, that would have been the end of it. And then they would have gone their ways and the world and the universe would have been great. But in reality, Dooku probably would have continued on that path of the, of the dark side and, and became the next Sith, the, the next Supreme Sith Lord. And, uh, but and at that time, the piggyback off what you're saying, Tim, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to, uh, but in in uh, I think in one of the last seasons of the Clone Wars, they're they're fighting um, the Pikes and the Pike Syndicate, and and Dooku says to him again, like Obi Wan, you weren't paying attention when we were on Geonosis all those years ago. I told you what was going on, and then Anakin's like, "What's he talking about?" So yeah. he, it, in the Clone Wars, they even kind of bring that moment up. But like I said before, and I agree with you a million percent. I mean, that's such a pivotal moment in in the saga. That it could go either way at that point. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's it's a great it's a great scene. It's it's well it's well executed by Ewan and uh, uh, Christopher Lee, 
And then at the end, Christopher, and when when you realize that Ewan's not going to go that route, you know, then Obi-Wan, or uh, then Christopher Lee's just like, well, maybe difficult, you know. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, you, at first I could help you out, but now you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, I was willing to help you out if you, you know, you, you tit for tat. You know, I rub your back, you rub mine. If there ain't no rubbing, you're fucked. Yeah, if there ain't no rubbing, there ain't no loving. (laughs) (laughs) My my turn. My number two is supposedly the scene where NSYNC is in. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. The whole Jedi battle arena, 200 Jedis, battle droids, fucking everything going on. It's so dirty and dusty and gunshots happening. So much shit's happening. And to top it off... Literally is when Django's head gets cut off. Yeah, and you can see the fucking shadow of the head roll right out oh, of the helmet. Yep, which is because there's all these all these rumors and all. Is he picking? Is he holding like a, a dead head in the helmet? But no, you see the shadow of the head fall out and everything. But that that whole moment, man, just everyone's just kicking ass. All these new Jedi's. Who's that? Who's that? And and the one who's uh, Kit Fisto, um, smiling. Yeah, smiling guy smiling. <laughs> yeah. It's just a really kick-ass scene, which Joy Vatone signed Tim's poster because he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> the the only problem one. with that scene is the all the the intercut with C three PO and the droid factory. Oh yes, was, I didn't bring that up. Yes, <laughs> but if if you're just looking at the Battle of Geonosis, I mean that's uh, I think one of the the first times you really get like a full-on assault, you know, ground war. Yeah, uh, with air support and. You know, and everything else, but that—that that was a great scene. The Battle of Geonosis was and awesome. Say what you want, like just, just that looked like it took you know forever to make because of all the CGI and the blasters and the sabers and the dust and and that that must have taken so long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To like to like fucking make perfect. It's a really cool scene. Like that, I, I could watch on loop. It's it's really a badass scene. Yeah, and every Jedi that's shown has their own style, their own form. Yeah, you know, and and their own look. And, uh, and I thought that was great. Curved handles, straight handles, no handles. There was all kind of lightsabers going on there. Jug handles. <laughs> <laughs> now I I I I I don't mind the the battle scene inside the the arena. It's it's when it it's when it the battle goes outside of the arena. I think is when it gets hot, and you're like, yeah, oh. like like when you you literally can't see. You just see you just see lasers going back and forth, you, but you can't make out forms. It's just, just Geonosian dust. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's when it really gets me. I'm like, Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Cause you don't know what's happening, but you know, people are dying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's <laughs> in there, but it smells like death. Some people getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. All it smells is death everywhere. But that's, that's my number two. And now we're, now we're down to our number one moment. Scene. Big kahunas for all three of us. Number one. <laughs> Number one. Yeah, you know, you know where I'm going with this, right? So Dad. it's straight up, straight up. It's Count Dooku. It's all you. Go ahead. It, it's 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 Dark Tyrannus. It's everything about him. Uh, I've always stated that if the character of Count Dooku was like maybe ten years younger, he'd be everyone's favorite. I mean, he was just regal. You know, he he was a gentleman. But, he, you know, he kicked ass with the Force. I mean, he shot Force lightning, which up until that point, we only saw the Emperor do in Return of the Jedi. Uh, like I said, he took down multiple Jedi with ease, went went toe-to-toe with a Master. Uh, you know, he was he was the, the main, the main uh, 
hinge point in the saga where where it could have went either way, like we talked about before. Uh, the fact that he had the Death Star plans in his hand at the end and then hands them to the Emperor. I mean, that I I just remember when he when he grabbed the Death Star plans and you see them and you're just like, oh shit, yeah, you know. And then everything starts kind of clicking together. Then he flies out on that little solar barge out <laughs> over to meet with Palpatine. And Pal- when when he when Palpatine greeted him, it wasn't like how he talked to to Maul. I mean, it's almost like Palpatine saw him as not an equal, but equal enough. You know, and he said, you've done well. And he said, the Clone Wars are at hand. And I, I, I don't know about you guys, but growing up, me and my brother, we always, you know, we always talked about what the Clone Wars were like um, after Obi-Wan mentioned them in episode four. And then, you know, to see them actually happening and, and to know that they're starting and that he's part of that reason. I mean, he's like the direct opposite to the Jedi uh, on the on the um, Confederacy side. I mean, it was just what an awesome character for that movie. Um, yeah. He was he was much more nimble than Maul was, and and he was a aristocrat. So it's like it's almost like the Confederacy needed that uh, figurehead on the opposite side. You know, that was almost like a um, a diplomat as well as a warrior. Well, and he was, I thought that that character was just so perfect for that movie. He was kind of like a Robert E. Lee, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, because uh, uh, Robert E. Lee was a you know a well a well respected uh, military man. He 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 moved in he moved in the higher echelon circles of society due to his his station as a general uh, and his and his. His uh, the the people that he was surrounding himself with and, and his his contacts and so he he really was kind of like that so he was he was kind of like a Napoleon meets Robert E Lee kind of thing yeah. uh, very very and, stately and, and there's certain points of that movie where you think you know what the Confederacy isn't wrong you know the Republic yeah. is corrupt and he knows where the corruption starts and ends so at, at a certain point like the 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 lines get grayed. And you start thinking to yourself, well, is the Confederacy wrong? You know? And it's well, all the, in the strength of Christopher Lee's acting and the strength of that character of Count Dooku. The, the only reason that, that we are to believe that the Confederacy is wrong is because the Jedi, who are our heroes, are on the side of the Republic. As we find out, you know, as, as, the, as the story progresses... The Confederacy really is the beginning of the rebellion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, and and I don't, you don't, you don't hear that many people really talk about that. Um, yeah, the, it's it the because you know we have the clone troopers, which we all know are the precursor of the stormtroopers. Stormtroopers are the bad guys. Yet they're in in the in the prequels. They're they're, they're the heroes because they're fighting alongside the Jedi. It's whatever side the Jedi is on. Whatever side the Jedi align themselves with is the side that we are predisposed to say that's the good side. Right. Just just come out and tell us the reason why you like them because you like older men. Am I right? I, I I like I like older, but not men. <laughs> I'm not like Granny and anybody. He's like he watches like Driving Miss Daisy. He's like, oh, Jessica Tandy. I'm gonna <laughs> give myself a handy. Just drive it, Miss Daisy. Yeah, driving Miss Handy. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. Count Count Dooku is is an interesting character. You know what? You know what's funny is you you mentioned the Clone Wars. We've been talking about the Clone Wars all this whole episode. 
Let me ask you this, because you, you you kind of said what what you said, uh, Chad. But Chris, I I, th- I think you're like me. Growing up, it wasn't until I was like around the time of the uh, the re releases that I was like, oh yeah, there's this thing, the fucking Clone Wars. I never thought about the Clone Wars. Me neither. I never thought about where where Boba Fett came from. I never thought about any of that shit growing up. No. To me, it was always Han, Luke, and Vader, and and that kind of stuff. I never. I never even like considered what the hell the Clone Wars were like. They, they, they it just never crossed my mind growing up. No, I, I well, would do. I never, even, I thought, never thought twice about what happened back then. I just want to know what's going on now. You know, that's yeah. a, it, my brother and I. It's all we talked about. I remember he had this book that kind of talk. This this book kind of came out um, during the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah, but it, it talked about you know if they did make episodes one, two, and three, and and uh, one of the things that they talked about was the Kyber crystal, and also that the that the stormtroopers were originally Mandalorian super commandos that were cloned. So there, I you know I'm not saying it was a word for word, you know, um, rip, but people were talking about it, and my brother and I, I mean my brother Scott and I, we talked about it all the time. You know, just where everyone came from and what Anakin was like. And I, I always thought Anakin was uh, almost like Dooku. In fact, I, I, you know, if you take Dooku and Grievous and push them together, I mean, you get Anakin Vader. Yeah. You know, uh, that's how I thought Anakin fell was the same way that Dooku did. So. Yeah, for me, yeah, it wasn't until uh, I, I read the Thrawn. I read the Thrawn trilogy, but it, it, it was the Dark Empire comic. That was that. That was like the impetus of me thinking. Because I remember when I was reading that came out. What nineteen ninety five, Dark Empire. I mean, maybe maybe a little sooner than that. But I, I remember that was that was when I first started thinking. Oh, that's right. They right. do talk about the Clone Wars and and they and and they talked about. Oh, he's gonna in nineteen ninety seven. George Lucas is going to release his new Star Wars movie, which which I thought was kind of funny because it was like two years later, but. They 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 given the 20th anniversary as the year that uh, that what was to become the Phantom Menace was to be released. And they they did mention clones and they mentioned stormtroopers and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, I that when when you talked about that, that that just made me think. Oh, okay, I, I didn't really think about that. See, and Chris, you say I don't add anything to the discussion. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to say about Dooku. But well, my number one for Timmy now, yeah. My number one, and we've already kind of talked about it. It is the space battle between Django and Obi Wan. It's, yeah. it really is. It's, it's probably uh, uh, in the entire saga. It is the greatest space battle. There, there are there, there are other battles that are a little more in depth. There are a lot of uh, battles where there's a lot more action going on, but this one I think is. The most exciting of all of them. It's it's there's edge of your seat excitement when you watch this. Absolutely, I think this is like a like a classic World War II dogfight between yeah. Yeah. two planes. It's it's Snoopy and the Red Baron, right? It's it's that goddamn Sonic Blast too. When the first time you, he- you heard that, yeah. I was, whoa, whoa, what was that? It was like, what did I just he- not hear? <laughs> you know, you could you could tell that that uh, uh, Ben Burt. You know, and his and his team were like, "What the fuck can we do here? Oh, let's uh, okay, let's try that. Uh, no, let's try uh, no. Let's, this uh, why don't we just do nothing? 
Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll do a second and a half of nothing, and then just do bong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you. You can tell that they that they may have wrestled wrestled with uh, with that a lot. I I I wish I I don't I don't know if I have my sounds of Star Wars thing. Let me see if I can find that information in my sounds of Star Wars book. Well, but, right, well, uh, I'll I'll do my number one while you look at Tim. All right. All right. My number one was kind of already mentioned by by Chad, and he was his number three. It's it's how much Obi Wan Ewan McGregor shines in this movie. Shine. He's so everything you said. He's so dead on. Everything's perfect about him. And, and out of out of all the prequels, he he's great in all of them. But this one here, he stands out. And you can you can see he's turning to to Alec Guinness. He's really just becoming Obi Wan. And everything he says and does, and his beard and his hair, his accent, it's it's all dead on. He shines in, in Attack of the Clones. You, you can't, you can't say that his acting was was phoned in. It was fucking perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think they all of them did a great job with what they had presented. But Ewan, I mean, he just kills it. He does. I mean, he really he really owns that role. And 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 this uh, this performance is what gets you so invested in him for Episode Three, and then you start feeling his pain when he starts getting conflicted in uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then when they have the final duel and then when he's upset, like, you feel upset. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and he's the reason why all these rumors of a spinoff starring him, it's like, yes, because he's so good at it. Like have him have a movie to his own, you know what I mean? Just him, you know? Oh man, I, that would be awesome. He would, I mean, I'd, I'd throw my money at the screen to see him play Obi-Wan again. Oh, hell yeah. I, I'm so that that was my number one. Ewan uh, McGregor's Obi Wan shines. He's so he's so great. Shine, shine, please shine. <laughs> shine for me. Yeah, he he is awesome. And 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 finding here, uh, it does it does basically say what I said. Gary Rystrom was in the mixing for us. Says uh, Wood. Ben was supervising. We were all trying to come up with what those sonic charges would sound like because we just done the final visuals from ILM. And then Ben Burt said, "Let's do nothing." Let's have it do no sound when it ignites. And we were like, we've never done that on Star Wars, but Ben insisted no sound. They don't want any sound. And uh, then they said, uh, what are we doing? And then he says that there is a sound. There, There is like a real low frequency sound there, but it's not very perceptible. Oh, I couldn't hear shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. I couldn't play it because my battery is dead in my Sounds of Star Wars book. Well, I think we all did it when bong. Um, Chad, from five to one, tell us your list again, please. I can't because I forgot. <laughs> you didn't write this down? No, I'm just doing. I'm kicking it acapella. Well, number Man, five. You're was, fucking. You're a genius, then. Of course, I can see all the scenes in my head. Five was. Uh, <laughs> I know. You know the genius. Padme's dress. Yes. Right. Number three was the curve for her pleasure lightsaber. No, that was two. Three, three was, was Obi one. Two was curve for her pleasure lightsaber, and one was Dooku. Five was, oh yeah, Anakin and Obi one in the elevator, elevator. talking about go. how Anakin wants to bang Padme. Hundred <laughs> percent understandable. Tim, how about you? Five to one. Five was Jango Fat. Uh, four was. The moment when Obi Wan gets attacked while sending the hollow transmit to the old folks' home, 
number three was the Across the Stars piece. Uh, number two, the Count Do and Obi Wan conversation when Count when Obi Wan's been captured, and number one is the Django Obi Wan space battle. Five to me was you truly deeply love you. Uh, number four was a combination of the space battle with Django and Obi and the fight on Camino. Number three was take me down to Tuscan Town. Take me down to Tuscan Town. <laughs> number two was Jedi Battle Arena. And number one was how great Hugh McGregor is in Attack of the Clones. Fantastic. Awesome. The, the one thing that I, I forgot to say is that Count Duke is the only person in that in any of the movies that tells the truth. Yeah. Do you have any honorable not- mentions, guys? Have other kind of moments or scenes or buttons or zippers? So I do, I like I to me like I said Attack of the Clones is my favorite because it's a hinge point. You know, I a lot of times I'll think on my drive to work or if I'm driving like long distances what could have happened if Obi-Wan joined Dooku. Like that's I'll, I'll get at least 6 hours out of thinking about that. <laughs> that that's at great. least because I mean just imagine that, you know, Obi-Wan learns more from Dooku who trained Qui-Gon and I mean it's like it's almost like a different a whole different scenario altogether. Well, it and also makes you wonder, one, and the bloodline uh, that goes with the training and the uh, masters and the apprentices. It also makes you wonder if, let's say Obi, let's say uh, Qui Gon didn't die. Qui- I have a feeling Qui Gon probably could have been persuaded to join Dooku. Absolutely, I think Qui Gon was would have been the the one to go to the dark side in the effort, you know, get close to the enemy to destroy him. So even, even if yeah, I, I, I honestly, I think, I think Dooku saw Obi-Wan as a little Qui-Gon. And when he realized that he's not a little Qui-Gon, they said, you're on your own mother. Yeah. Um, go fuck yourself. He's like, enjoy hanging out here. Yeah. Literally. Enjoy hanging out with your wang out. <laughs> I can see it. As he leaves. If we were doing a best of six, this was definitely my number six was when was the introduction of, of the Lars family homestead where you, where you meet young Uncle Owen and, and Aunt Brew and, and when, when no one's burning and it's still and clean and, and nice. I know, they, weren't barbecu- they weren't barbecuing that day. And Brew was pretty, <laughs> yeah. she was pretty fine back in the uh, day. Yes, she, she was. She didn't age well at all, but she looked pretty good. Tim and I got her like when she was just doing these conventions, like when she, and she's she still is gorgeous. She's still a fox. Yeah, but, but she back was, then she was like she's nice. She was she was at she was at the first celebration if I remember, and yeah, she was like twenty years old, and that girl was smoking. Yeah, yeah. smoking. So, you know, uh, this literally. this is this is something. This is something that's kind of bothered me, and and I know we want to keep it positive, but this is something that that sort of bothers the Death Star. It seems to me like the Geonosians created the plans for the Death Star. Yet, when we get to Rogue One, we have no Geonosians working on the Death Star. I know that there was a betrayal and that kind of stuff. But you would think that there would be some rogue Geonosian engineer that would show up to to assist them in decoding some, maybe some Geonosian... uh, Technology, some Geonosian equations, things that that the that maybe some people's minds can't grasp, other than the Geonosian. Yeah, but I think um, 
in one of the books, they did like a scorched earth policy where Tarkin just fucking burned the planet down to the ground. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think if, when, you know, director Krennic brings out all the, the, the lead engineers, I think it would have been cool if there was one Geonosian that came out in like a little white suit. Yeah. But what's continuity in the star Wars universe? <laughs> I mean, come on. It, well, it's it's. It, I think that would have been like one little, just one little touch that would have connected the prequels to the sequel trilogy, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't have really been that difficult. It would have just been like just throw throw one Geonosian in there. Like there he yeah, is. Throw throw a termite costume on someone. You've been fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that would have been pretty cool. I I'm, I may be the only person in the world that thinks that, but man, that that would have been pretty cool. Put it put a lab coat on uh, on a Geonosian, and we're all set. Glasses and a pocket protector. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think I think I think that's pretty accurate. But like I said, if uh, that's when the when you start tying in all the other media, if people just watch the movies, it's confusing as shit. But mm-hmm. if you're if you know about like you know the novels and some of the comic series, then it it makes more sense. But but they they I mean they pretty much wiped out all of that stuff. So yeah, like, I mean, they, I think they, I think if I remember correctly, they even mentioned it on rebels that they, that they just totally just like nuke the whole planet to the point where nothing can ever live on it again. Yeah. I Which, loved, I mean, if you want to cover your tracks, that's the best way to do it. Right. Yeah. I loved, uh, what was it? Was it X wing, the game X wing where you're wedge Antilles and you go down to Geonosha Geonosis and you're running around Geonosis. Was that was that one of the X-wing games or, or uh, um, uh, just Rogue Squadron or something like that? Fly around. I, don't know. I think it's just an acid trip for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a there was like it was like Rogue Squadron or something too like many, that. Many it, was, it was one of those games for many. like for yeah for the PS2 or for uh, uh, the the GameCube where you're in a you're in an X-wing you're you're OT era but you go down to Geonosis. So you're you're uh, you're an X-wing pilot fighting uh, Geonosian um, creatures and the and the and the the, the clone. Or I'm sorry, the the battle droids. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. I, I thought that was that was a really cool level, and I, and I thought that was pretty neat to again to blend OT and PT together. Yeah. Are we picking a number six, or Chris? Are we going into bonus round? No. Well, if you want to, if you got number six, go ahead. Oh shit! I don't. I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Other than how hot Padme was, yeah. I think it's gonna be something about Count Count Dooku's hair or something. No, no. no you know what? The one thing, that, and and this is kind of like uh, my real number six is the conversation that Anakin and Padme have after he murders everybody. And like I said, my wife and I were watching it one time, and she was just like, "I can't believe she wants to hook up with him after <laughs> he just like slaughters an entire." Village civilization. It's, it's the it's the wounded bird. It's the, I can fix him. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, but that's kind of cringy. That's the only cringe moment I have is after he like. Well, it's it's like, that, it's like that weirdo chick that that wanted to marry Charles Manson. Yeah, but Padme's not weird. Is she not weird? Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know, but it's pretty fucking you. weird. It tells you a little bit about how the humanoid races viewed the non-humanoid races in, as far as a species. Because for her being, I mean, in my opinion, she seemed like a very like a, not a tree hugger kind of person, but you know the 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 Naboo always seemed like uh, the kind of people that would want everyone to coexist together. 
And then she doesn't, she, it's, it's almost like she doesn't bat an eyelash after he tells her that he just butchered everybody. I mean, to me, if I do that, I'm not getting laid ever. You know, yeah. <laughs> maybe she's no, turned she, on. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think she's as nice as everybody thinks. When we see her in episode one, when she meets, when she meets George, she's like, you're Gungan. And it's like, and he's like, uh-huh. And she's just like, <laughs> looks at him like he's trash. Yeah, but that's Jar Jar. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't get his head cut off. No, but to, to her, he wasn't Jar Jar. To her, he was just a Gungan. You're a Gungan. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you're just, uh, I mean, she was, she was, she was a bitch to him. I guess so. I, to me, it just doesn't seem, it, it, it seems off that she wants to have sex with this kid after, after he kills all these people. It doesn't seem right to me. I don't think they're, anyone in the room. They're not, they're not people. Them. They're sand people. I guess. <laughs> that was good, too. That's number six. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I, I, I don't have any uh, nothing to mentions. No. Well, Chad, I want to thank you for being on this episode of Best of Five Swick Crossover. Of course you do. <laughs> Is there mm. anything you want, to, you want to tell us? What's going on in your life or what you're doing? What, nothing. What, what, other, other than... Uh, just thanks for having me on, and it's nice that you chose me second after Jeff McGee, that clown. <laughs> but I, I wish Lou was here because you know Lou is the most handsome. Oh, hell yeah, he, he is. He's he's edgy. He's got tattoos. I got a That's, poster hanging up on my wall. Actually, Chris, yeah, is the least edgiest person in his family. Well, well Lou no. might be the least edgiest. Well, because both his wife and his daughter now have more tattoos than he does. Yes, they do. Oh. <laughs> And they, yeah, they, but I just appreciate you guys having me on and uh, giving me a chance to talk about Dooku. We uh, we appreciate you talking about Dooku. All right, well, thank you, Chad. Seriously, thanks for being on with us. Dun, 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 dun. Chad, now let me go. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for I listening. Can't to this. Quit you. <laughs> I can't quit you. Thank you for listening to this Best of Five Swick crossover, and we'll see you next time when we talk about something else. Thanks for listening to Star Wars in Character. Star Wars in Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars in Character is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. Star Wars and all Star Wars universe characters, places, or Star Wars-related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.swic.neozaz.com for the latest Star Wars in character episodes and information.